Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Envision Together, going to our next level best podcast. I am so excited. Today, I have a guest to share with you, and I'm prepared to learn myself from Nikki Billow, and he is going to share with us about entrepreneurship and thought leadership and whatever else as God leads us. So go ahead and tell us whatever biographical information you'd like to share with us. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Very grateful for that. I'm originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And when I was a young boy, the Islamic revolution happened in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall. And he saw this was not going to be a great place to raise his Christian family. So he hustled us out of Iran, eventually settling us in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And every day I thank God for my father and his pre-science. I I don't know if you've been following the news in Iran, but uh, just a a few weeks ago, a 22-year-old young woman, she was uh, accosted for not wearing a headdress properly outside. Her hair was showing. Because in Iran, the law is, as a woman, you're not allowed to show your hair or your skin. And they arrested her and they beat her to death. Yeah, I and, did. And you think about that. And there's been demonstrations going on ever since. There are 15,000 Iranians in jail. The government is said they're going to execute all 15,000. They've killed mm-hmm. hundreds upon hundreds of the streets. This is just for asking for their rights. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know there's a lot of people in the West these days that, don't really see how great we are. Some of them say we're so oppressive, so racist, so sexist. And I'm like, I'm not pretending this is perfect over here, but are you kidding me? This is the most tolerant, incredible place on the face of the planet. We're all lucky to be here. And these folks that push and try to sell us a narrative need to go visit places like Iran. I think I'd love to see them try to open their mouths over there because they would <laughs> they would not find you know a receptive audience from the part of the government, you know. So I'm I'm a champion of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that freedom is a gift given to us by God Almighty. You know, it's the foundation for everything I think and I believe. Freedom, free expression, free enterprise, those are the 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 big three, the Trinity as I call them. And my late father, he was also a believer in freedom and he was an entrepreneur. And he was the greatest man I ever knew. He was an uplifter of people. If he knew you and you were looking for a job, he'd find you a job. If you were looking to start a business, he'd help you get started. Even if you were going to compete with him, he didn't care about that. He just wanted to help people. And if you worked for him and you were looking to buy a car, a house, or an apartment, and you didn't have enough money, dad would make up the difference. Now, you might think to yourself, who does that? Well, the late, great Napoleon Ballou, for one. And you might also think, why? 
Well, first and foremost, he did it because he was a Christian. He believed he'd been blessed by God, and it was his duty as a Christian to share those blessings. Mm -hmm. And secondly, he did it because he could. He had the financial means to be able to do that. That was really, you know, the long and the short of what a great man I, I was raised by. And I wanted to be just like him. I wanted to be an entrepreneur as well. And so that's how I got into entrepreneurship myself. And one of the first things I saw when I got into entrepreneurship is that most of the men and women that are entrepreneurs are really good people. They want to make a difference for people. They want to make a difference for their families, for themselves, for their clients, for the world in general. And unfortunately, many of them don't know a lot about business. They don't know a lot about you know marketing and selling. <laughs> and as a result, they aren't really good at it. And one of the things that gets in their way is they don't want to come across like they're pushy or salesy or like they are reeking of commission breath, like some of those pushy salespeople types do. You know what I mean? So they don't go after the business that they should. There's a reason why these folks don't go after the business because they don't want to come across as pushy. And because of that, they don't go after that business. And they instead see that business go somewhere else. And that's bad for them because they don't get the business. It's bad for the client they were going to help because a good person doesn't get to help them. And some pushy charlatan salesperson gets the business who doesn't really care whether they, they deliver anything good for their client. And I saw this and I thought, wow, these folks, I, I can help them. I want to help them. And I thought, what's the best way? Because you know nobody wants to be sold. But what if we could reframe selling to service? And therefore, they can think about it as serving people because you don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold, but we all want to be served by a good, caring human being. And that's one of the things we've been teaching people how to do is how to have the, the mindset of service rather than the mindset of selling. And that's helped so many of our clients become more successful. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. Let's go ahead and jump in. How would you define the words thought leader? Well, that's a great question. So the best way to do it is by drawing a contrast to an expert. An expert is someone who knows something, while a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. Experts are a dime a dozen. Thought leaders are rare and valuable. You know, So it's much better to be a thought leader because then the marketplace knows who you are, knows what you can do for them, and you become the, the person of choice inside that space. They're going to want to work with you, where if you're an expert, you're just one of a gazillion people. And so can you distinguish what are some of the characteristics of what we would typically call an expert and what are a few of the characteristics that you would attribute to a thought leader so we can have a real distinction for our guests? Well, first and foremost, thought leaders are clear on who they serve and their message is very tight and dialed in and experts just have a Mayo message, you know, try to be all things to all people. I'll give you a story as an example. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, there was a young man who came to see me. He was a personal fitness coach. He was 25 years old and he was, he was a good fellow. He was just a good man. One of these folks, you'd, you know, you'd want your daughter to bring home and say, yeah, keep dating that guy. <laughs> you know, he was just really, really a good person, but he's a terrible businessman. Terrible. Like he just was, he had seven clients. He was making $1,200 a month in Toronto, which is like, you know, the New York city of Canada and just as expensive. <laughs> and so it wasn't going well for him. So when I met him, I said, hey, all right, Dan, tell me, who do you help? And he said, oh, I can help anybody, anybody. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to narrow your focus. That that doesn't work. He goes, but I can help anybody. I can help them lose weight. I can help them get fit. I can help them 
go to competitions. I'm like, oh my God, he's not getting it. We got to narrow the focus. He goes, well, you know, how do I do that? And then I said, well, who do you like working with? He said, well, I really like my dad. I love my dad. He's a doctor. And, you know, there's a lot of doctors out there like my dad. And doctors make a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. The message can't be doctors make a lot of money. That's not good. They're not going to like that message. So it didn't work. And then he tried narrowing further. And he said, okay, I work with cardiologists. They make more money than doctors. I'm like, oh, God, he's not getting it. I said, Danny, that's not going to work. And it didn't work. But then, you know, the good Lord brought him a man who was a Paralympic athlete. He had a missing leg since childhood. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened. The two of them really hit it off, worked out well together. And this fellow did so well that he went to some competition and won some medals. And then th- this young man, his name was Dan, came to me and said, Nikki, I, I get it. Shouldn't be going after the money. I should be going after helping people. I really liked helping this man and I want to help people with missing limbs. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. So go do it. And within six weeks, he signed up 400 clients, Wow, 400 clients. It was incredible. He went from 12 or 1300 a month. He added not one zero, but two zeros to his monthly income. He was making over a hundred thousand dollars a month. And he was just seen as the go-to person for working with people with missing limbs. And that's a thought leader. You're seen as the go-to person. So his message was, I'm going to help you get fit. And that message landed powerfully for them. Nobody else was going after them. All the other fitness coaches said, oh my God, I don't want to work with these folks because they can't work out. So it's not going to work. But not him. He said, I can work out with these guys. I know what to do. And, you know, imagine put yourself in the shoes of someone with a missing limb or more than one, they probably aren't thrilled that they don't have all their limbs. They probably don't believe they can do everything an able-bodied person can do. Mm-hmm. And Dan's message was, yes, you can. And I'm going to make you see it and believe it. And that's why he did so well. Awesome story. And it also makes me feel like he kind of found his purpose in that. Because when he was presented yeah. with that scenario, he didn't, shrink from it he embraced it so it was something in him already that would be able to embrace and be there for people who have missing limbs that's wonderful yeah and you got to remember business is a people game it's not a numbers game it's not about how much money you can make and that's a a lesson that dan learned that person sitting in front of you that's someone's mother someone's daughter someone's sister someone's father someone's son someone's brother that's a human being. You got to treat them like a human being. You know, you can't treat them just like, Hey, they're like a commission check. And that's what, what everyone's got to understand. And they got to learn, you know, they've probably been disappointed by life, maybe even disappointed by someone just like you who promised them everything and delivered them nothing. Right. So just keep that in mind when you go and you work with people. And to me, a thought leader can't just be a thought leader. They also got to be a heart leader. They got to lead from their heart. Absolutely. We know that the scripture says that anyone in Christ is free indeed. <laughs> we're liberated, we're redeemed and all of this. So why is freedom important and why does free enterprise matter? And yes, I'm kind of meshing the uh, the spiritual aspect of it, the practical aspect of it together and just want to hear what you have to say about all these things. Well, like I said earlier, freedom isn't, Uh, something granted to you by government freedom is a gift bestowed upon you by god almighty 
So as a Christian, you need to understand that and live from that. And I don't think any human being wants to be told what to do or controlled inside every human breast beats the living heart of freedom. Mm-hmm. We all want it. And free enterprise is key. If you don't have the right to go and choose your own path in the world and create your own business, then you're not free. Right. I don't want to live in that kind of world. You, you know, I want to live in a world where we're free. And, right. and that's why I think it's very important for everyone listening to this. If you're an entrepreneur and you want your children and your children's children to have the same types of rights and freedoms that you have, you need to stand up for those rights. You know, and don't don't let these forces of of darkness come and take them away from us. Don't let them say crazy things because you know part of their strategy is to go and shut us all up by calling us names, like saying that we're you know racist, sexist, homophobic, and all that other kind of crap that they throw into our faces. But the truth of the matter is, they're the ones who are racist. They're the ones who are sexist. They're the ones who are homophobic. They're just using those in order to shut up the the good voices in the world. And I, I, for one, one of the reasons that I do what I do is to be a stand for freedom, to be a stand for good men and women looking to win in the world. Christians should make money. Christians should be successful. A lot of them don't see that. They just buy into this lie that it's not holy to be successful. It's not holy to make money. And that's not true. You know, if you read the works of Dr. Catherine Ponder, she is a a 96-year-old pastor out of Southern California. She's written these books since the late 50s. She talks about the message from God that, and Jesus that everybody in their flock should be successful and prosperous. She wrote a, a series of books called The Millionaires of the Bible Series. And I recommend everybody go pick up those books and read them, mm-hmm. you know, because they'll tell you that it's important for you to be successful. It's the only way you can see serve Jesus properly anyways. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, although you touched on these things earlier, I'm glad I asked this question because you said a lot more here. (laughs) You expounded beautifully. And I agree with much of what you said. I do believe there are racists in this world, but I believe that you don't let yourself be stopped. There's all sorts of obstacles in this world. There are racists in this world, and I want to address that. But you know what? These days they hide themselves. These days, they're they're not open about their racism. And the ones that scream the loudest about how racist everyone else are, that's probably covering up some racism in their own heart. And that's what I want to say, because I got to tell you, I, I am a man who throughout his life has experienced a lot of prejudice and a lot of discrimination as a Christian in Iran. And let me tell you, that was not an easy thing for anybody who's not a Muslim in Iran to live. Because the entire culture, the government, the uh, the main religion is basically looking down on you. And they make no bones about it. They're very open about it, unlike here. You know, and when we moved to the West, well, we came from Iran, you know, where they held all the hostages. And, oh, yeah, you're those, you're those guys. So definitely it's something we experience. But like you said, I, don't, I never let it stop us. I, I, I don't believe that people should use that as, a, as an excuse to become victims. And I'm telling you right now, this is the least racist place in the world. The least. You want to experience real racism? Go to Iran. Say you're a Christian. Go out there and tell 20 people on the street you're a Christian. Let me see what you think then, because they're not going to treat you very well if you do that. I'm telling you that right now. And if somebody there is part of the morality police, they might pick you up and throw you in jail. 
just for saying you're a Christian. That's right. the kind of thing that happens in the rest of the world that doesn't happen here. And we need to be really, really careful not to let these people that really have the racism in their hearts that are screaming everybody else is racist because it covers up the own deep hatred they have in their own hearts. You know, when someone points a finger out, they're pointing three fingers back at themselves. It really, really ought, ought to make you think. Like one of the things that's crazy to me, I have a lot of friends who are who are from Latin America, okay? There's this new phrase that's out there that they use called Latinx, right? Latinx. People from Latin America hate that. They consider that a racist phrase. Yet the people that use that think they're all goody two-shoes and wonderful and, and treat everybody well. Nobody who is from Latin America likes that phrase. To them, it's almost like, you know, someone like uh, me being called Iranian. We don't like being called Iranian, right? It's a terrible phrase to use against people. And yet these folks do it and they think it's it's cool and they think it makes them holier than thou. Again, I, I didn't come on the show to expound on this, but I just want to just be be clear that there are people, the people that scream about this the loudest are the ones we should be the most suspicious of. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know if I wholly agree with that. I think there's some truth to that. I think there's people who speak about it a lot intentionally because of experiences that they've had. I, for one, have experienced a true racist situation at work here in America, and it was hurtful to my family to the extent that Forget how it affected us financially. It reached into, I mean, my daughter experienced such anxiety that I prayed for her for many years just to be herself again. So there's some real examples, but I do agree 100% with you about this. I've traveled the world quite a lot, and I say frequently, there is no other place on earth where I want to hold my citizenship more than the United States of America. It's because I've seen a lot of things and yeah, it puts it in perspective. I believe that you don't have a sound education unless you traveled quite a lot and put things in perspective and make decisions for yourself rather than what the news or other people may be telling you. Mingle with people who are native from a country and have them share even their perspective of what's going on and you know, so not just do the touristy thing. So I agree with you around some things like that. Now, America, we have our problems, but I do think other countries have greater problems, More. so to speak. More. Yeah. <laughs> so race people that do nasty things, they're people that are trying to put other people down. You know, that's just unfortunately a way of life. And I think it's very naive to think that's ever going to stop. As long as there's human beings, there's going to be human beings that are going to not like you because of the way you look, because of the way you talk, because of the way. Let it stop you. It can sometimes be life changing obstacles. But I find, even as a believer, that those obstacles even turn around for your good. That's an interesting uh, conversation we've had. That's not so much about the whole thought leadership or entrepreneurial aspect, but some good stuff shared. So let's get to what is a charlatan marketer and how can you avoid him or her? Well, you know, that's a great question. A charlatan marketer is somebody who is really good at selling the sizzle. You know what I mean? But there's no stake there. You bite into it and you just, there's just sizzle on your lips. It's not very satisfying. Mm -hmm. They don't have a track record of delivering anything for anybody, but they're really good at hitting all the pain points. You know, they know how to to push your buttons really, really well. 
And I think it's important for you to talk to people who are doing things that work today. Because a lot of charlatan marketers talk about what they've done three, four, five years ago. And the world's changed. Uh-huh. <laughs> world's <laughs> changed. I mean, I go on podcasts as an example to build relationships with podcast hosts. And it's been very lucrative for me. I've done well over six figures in sales in you know five months. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the ways. And I know how to teach people how to do that. And it's one of the things that we teach people in thought leadership. You want to be a thought leader, have a podcast and go on people's podcasts. You know, and there's folks today who just go, oh, well, podcasts don't work. You can never make money from them. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. Podcasts work very, very well. 99.6% of the people who are guests on podcasts don't make any money from their guesting. That is true. But that doesn't mean that you can't make money from podcast guesting. You absolutely can. You want to make sure that you're talking to people that are teaching you things that work today. They have a track record of success. And that they're not just trying to get the money out of your hands. They're actually trying to help you. Whenever I go to speak to somebody, the prayer that I have beforehand isn't, God, I hope they buy from me. (laughs) It's, God, I hope that I have an opportunity to make a connection with a fellow brother or fellow sister. And I have an opportunity to be of service and make a difference for them. And if it's right for them and for me, then Let's work together. But if it's not, then let's at least give this person some value and let's have a wonderful exchange. That's what I ask for with everybody that I get to have a conversation with. I think we're of similar thought regarding that. So why do most people live in their comfort zone and how can you get them out of it? Well, that's a great question. And the truth of the matter is, is this also ties into thought leadership. It's because they put all the focus on themselves. If you want to be a thought leader, you cannot be a me-focused person. You need to be a them-focused person. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons they're a little nervous about going out and doing business or even charging what they're worth is because they're thinking, oh my God, what are they going to think of me? You know, are they going to like me? Are they going to buy from me? And all that anxiety is going on and roiling them up. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that has them want to stay comfortable. Like I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. I I deserve it. I hear that all the time. I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I deserve a break. What? (laughs) God did not put you on this earth because you deserve it or you (laughs) deserve a break. (laughs) No, no. God put you on this earth to serve. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation of everything you do is service, yeah. service. Mm-hmm. And if you are focused on others and service, you won't be in your comfort zone. You can't because there's someone who will be put in your path that you know you need to be of service to. But if you're thinking about yourself, you're just going eh. <laughs> to, you know, or Click, remote control, click, remote control, click, (laughs) remote control. So take the attention off you, put the attention on other people, be of service, and you'll get out of your comfort zone super, super fast. Right. It makes me think of, I guess, the age-old saying about business, which is find a need and meet it. (laughs) A need that other people have. And I guess what we're saying together is the best alignment of that is when you find that need, you meet it, and you're meeting it from the right motivation from your heart. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 
And if you want to be successful, you need to have four powerful characteristics. Number one is you need to be decisive. You need to make a decision that you're going to do it. To decide is to cut off the alternative, right? Mm-hmm. It can't be, I'll try it. And same with being committed. That's the second quality. You have to be committed to victory. You can't go, I'll try it for a little while. I'll see. No, you have to commit. I'm in it to win it. Yeah. You got to be willing to be bad before you're good. Then you've got to be coachable. You've got to have some sort of a coach or a mentor or a peer group that you're a part of, and you got to take what they give you. And then you got to be resourceful. You're going to have to come up with the money to pay those coaches and mentors. You're going to have to come up with the money to grow your business and invest in it. And you're going to have to come up with the time and the energy to do the work. So you got to be decisive, committed, coachable, and resourceful. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you a story around resourcefulness. It's a story from my own life. A few years back, I was, you know, going through a separation and a divorce, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just not taking any responsibility. I was blaming her. I was blaming everybody but myself. I even blamed the good Lord for a while. I got mad at him. You know, it doesn't ever really work. What happened is I went out to a conference and I saw a man do a talk and it really resonated with me. And so I I walked over to him and I said, hey, I blurted it out. I said, I think I need to hire you. And I was very nervous when I approached this man because I was basically broke (laughs) at that time, Mm -hmm. sleeping on my mother's couch, a grown-ass man. It was just embarrassing, right? And so he looked me up and down. He said, hey, all right, be $5,000 for five hours of coaching. I get paid up front in advance. And he also said, I don't give any refunds or any guarantees. And I just shrank back into myself. <laughs> I had no money. Like, <laughs> And I told him that. He said, all right, I'm going to give you uh, some advice. Kid. <laughs> I wasn't a kid, but whatever. He said, it doesn't matter how much money you have. What matters is how bad do you want change? How bad do you want out of this crappy situation you're in right now? He says, if you want it bad enough, you'll come up with the money because I don't work for free. I really didn't like what he had to say to me because mm-hmm. it was very painful to hear and very embarrassing, but oh, well, he was right, mm-hmm. you know, and that's life. That's life. So I said to him, give me a couple of days. So I was a, a fitness trainer at the time and I was looking to make a career shift, but I approached a couple of folks who had been, uh, you know, in conversation with me, but hemming and hawing and not making a decision with a lot of urgency. And I said, Hey, I got good news for you. You're fat. You need to lose weight and I'm broke and I need money. So I want to give you the deal of a century, half price to get you in shape, but you got the the catch is you got to say yes now and pay me right now. So a couple of folks said yes. And they gave me a thousand dollars each. And so I had $2,000. I walked back to him and I said, here's two grand. Wow. And he's like, I said, 5,000. I said, wait a minute. How many people have you given that little speech to that you gave me the other day? He said, oh, over the years, 30, maybe 40. I said, who else came back with any money? He said, that's easy. You're the first. I said, all right, well, listen, take my money. We'll sign a contract and I'll pay you the rest within 30 days, 60 days, whatever the case may be. And he agreed. And I was so committed to getting that result that I made about $100,000 in the next four, five, six months. Wow. And the rest is history. But that's what being resourceful looks like. How bad do you want change? Awesome. Very good. You said something a while ago that really resonated with me too, is that once you start, you have to 
be dedicated, committed. There is no stopping. And I guess that really jumped out at me because I've been saying in my own life, I've come too far now. <laughs> There's no way Amen. I'm giving Amen. up. <laughs> Amen, sister. So I learned by uh, doing a little research about you. And I think some of the next of this question comes from your own words. I'm told that you can help someone add 20000 to to 100000 in their income within a year, no matter how much or little they make right now. Speak to that a bit. Well, you know, that's true. And there are a few things that we teach people how to do. So first of all, we have them show their heart and treat the people in front of them like people, right? And not be focused on the money. Because if you focus on the money, it's not good. Now, you got to have a goal. So your goal needs to be there, but the focus has to be on how many people am I going to serve? That's the way it goes forward. And then we work with folks to get their message tight, just like that, you know, fitness coach, Danny. That's really, really important. One of the things we notice is most people undercharge. You know what I'm talking about, Pamela? Most people undercharge. They don't value themselves. Why? Well, again, the attention's on them, (laughs) not the client. And they're thinking, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. That's the first reason. Or or I am good enough, but maybe nobody's going to pay. Again, the attention's on them. If the attention's on you, then it's not where it belongs, which is on your client. Because you need to look at business as solving problems for people for profit. Solving acute problems for wonderful people for amazing profit. That's all business is. And people don't buy their way into something. They don't buy their way into your coaching program or your training program or your workshop. They're buying their way out of something. They're paying their hell, their problem. Yeah. And your focus, if you want to make more money, needs to be about solving problems, not about selling your program. Right. Honestly, nobody cares about your program. They just couldn't care less. They want to know if you can help them. Right. We are all our own favorite subject. That's a fact only way to become successful is for you to understand that that person in front of you is hurting and that's why they're with you they're not with you for any other reason is it ever appropriate to give your services for free yeah absolutely but not if you're broke Mm -hmm. okay you know successful people can and should give their services away for free from time to time but if you can't feed your family or pay the mortgage, then that's the height of irresponsibility. Right. Okay. How can you create a compelling personal brand or your thought leadership so that you have ideal clients that come to you? They come running to you. Well, yeah. Well, we've been talking about that throughout the whole episode, right? Like, Be, be a people-focused person, have a really clear message that speaks to solving a problem. and. You want to charge appropriately, right? If you don't charge appropriately, you won't make money. So I'll I'll finish with a story about that. There was a young man who lived in Manhattan, and he owned an acupuncture clinic. And he did well. He made about $150,000 a year. But Manhattan's a pretty expensive place, so money came and money went. And he wanted to make a lot more money than that because he had a, a young family. And so 
he came to me and uh, he said, I need to make more money. I go, okay, how much more money? He says, I want to make a million a year. I'm like, that's a lot of money, man. But, All right. So let's take a look at your business. We looked at his business. He had a good business. He uh, had good clients. Uh, he had a good message. None of that was a problem. The only problem he had is he didn't charge enough. And I just thought, all right, buddy, you got to charge more than you're charging, man. You got A-list clients and you're charging C-list prices. And he goes, okay, how much more should I charge? I said, 20-fold. And he was like, I can't, I can't, relax, don't hyperventilate. So I can't do it. Finally, I persuaded him to sevenfold his prices. And in three, four months, he 20-folded the number of clients he had. And he mm -hmm. went from 150,000 to 1 1.2 million in four months. Yeah. That's what worked about him charging what he should be charging. Because if if you don't charge appropriately, your client loses the benefit. You're robbing them of the benefit of your solution because there's something called expectancy bias, right? People value things they pay for and they don't value things they don't pay for, right? So, you know, the more you charge, if it's in line with the solution they're getting, they're going to appreciate it, right? That's what you got to do. You got to charge at a level you don't want to gouge people, but you want to charge at a level that people like will do the work and get the value from what they're buying. Mm -hmm. I asked that question because there's a word in there that makes it a little bit different for me. And I wanted us to kind of mull that over a bit more. It's the word brand. So I know we've been talking about almost more of how to find your niche or niche and making sure that you're offering something that uh, is really needed and you're thinking about the service that you're providing and adding value. But to me, branding is a little different. I once heard someone say that your brand is what other people would say about you. You're known for. So I was just wondering what you might say about the whole brand aspect of it. Well, I'm in the business of personal branding, and there's some truth to that. You, you know, you, you want to be known for something, and that's what really branding and thought leadership are all about, right? It's what people say about you. So it's something you want to put a, a fair amount of attention to. But that's what your messaging and solving problems for people can really help create for you. And why is it better to narrow your market or niche? We talked about that with Dan, right? The young personal fitness coach, right? He was trying to go after like everybody and he had seven clients and then he narrowed his group to going after folks with missing limbs and he got 400 clients. It, it's the narrower you go, the more you're known for having expertise in a narrow area. Nobody can be all things to all people, but everybody can be an expert in a, in a very specific field of specialty. So in a way it focuses attention on you in a way that then would draw people to you you would actually get exactly. more okay which final gem would you leave with my guests to help them go to their next level of best around the topic we've been discussing today what's the single most important thing like if they forget everything remember this i know times are tough but tough times are when you, you can have the greatest success in history it's been proven i mean the great depression and the great recession had the biggest successes come out of it and mm -hmm. you, you you might be scared right now because there's a recession coming on and you don't know if 
if you can survive, let alone thrive. And I'm here to tell you, you absolutely can. You just need to be around someone who can show you how things work today, someone who can show you how to get your message really dialed in powerfully, and someone who is going to be honest with you and care about you. As long as you do that, you're going to be fine. Believe that you can win. And if your belief's weak right now, borrow some of mine. (laughs) That's great. How can my guests stay in contact with you? the best way um best place to do it is to go to my website ecircleacademy.com there's a bunch of free resources there if they own a business and they're struggling i offer something called a success call it's for business owners only click on a button there that goes ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment and uh We've got a screening form over there. Fill out that screening form. And as long as it all checks out, you're an actual business owner and you're serious, we'll have a complimentary call with you. And we'll take a look at where your business is at, uh, where you want to get to, what the gap is, why the gap is, and what it's going to take to get you to that next level. We'll do all that for you on a complimentary basis. So take advantage of that. That's great. And we're going to share those details in the show notes also when the episode airs. So you can always look uh, in the show notes and find that information again. Well, Nikki, thanks so much. I'm so happy that you came on as my guest today. I believe that many things were shared today that could profit a lot of people. And of course, if they want to expand their knowledge in this area, they know how to look you up. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pamela. Thanks for your time. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.